0: Thank you for listening to this DuPont Media production available on all major podcast platforms. This is Rod Peterson on demand.
1: Let's bring in Kaylee Humphreys now. Just coming off a gold medal performance in Beijing. Because you guys train so hard. What's next for you, do you think? You Get another a fifth Olympics in you or what's what's the plan?
2: I do, I'm gonna continue, um, do one more. I mean, I feel like I'm just getting started with Team USA. I don't feel like I'm done. I'm gonna continue for another four years and then 2026 will be my last.
0: This is the Rod Peterson Show.
1: Welcome, everybody, to Hour 2 of the RP Show, coming to you live from Gray Eagle Resort and Casino. It is a football Friday, and it's going by. The only problem is far too fast. Last hour, Mark Mueller with us from the Calgary Stampeders, Daniela Ponticelli with us from CBC, and also uh, HuskyFan.ca. She's here in town to broadcast the U of S at Mount Royal women's playoff game tonight. Coming up this hour, we're going to talk a little... NLL later on, but we're going to continue the CFL chat as we welcome in Mark Killam, special teams coach of the Calgary Stampeders, longtime Stamps guy. How you doing, Mark? I'm doing great. What's it, going on? It's awesome to be in the same room on this close to you because we've been in the CFL together for a long time, but I've just seen you on TV. I've certainly never had the chance to interview you before. This is going to be fun.
3: Yeah, this is a, a, a great setup you got here, too. This is big time coming in here. Isn't it? Yeah, and not as big time as Mark Mueller, so I'm, I feel pretty good that
1: I can come on the show, but. Uh... Pretty Would good. you like to have opened before him or followed, Mark? What do you think is tougher?
3: I don't know. You know, he's he's way more witty than I am, so I don't know. He's
1: pretty. Yeah, just just ask him, right? <laughs> <laughs> Mark, listen. Let's start with this about the Grey Eagle. When I mentioned to you guys that these are big sponsors of the Stampeders here, Grey Eagle, that was no surprise to you, even with the Stamps for a long time, and you've been out here for stuff. Yeah, here? I've been to a bunch of rock concerts in here. I'm am a metal guy. I've seen like Volbeat and Avenged
3: Sevenfold. Some good bands in here. <laughs>
1: Did you take a walk through the lobby and see all the posters? If you haven't, you should. Yeah. Everybody that's played here signed a thing. This They've had everybody pretty much. Yeah, and
3: the guitars, too. Signed guitars up here? Big time.
1: I know. Yeah. yeah, it's a fantastic spot. So you sat for the tail end of the Mark Mueller interview, and he said, it's good to be back. And I think we all know what he means, that the CFL's back. And do you feel that it's business as normal? Do you feel that COVID's behind us?
3: Yeah, I mean, I think they'll probably be some residual stuff about that but uh I mean just looking at the whole the whole arc of the whole COVID thing with the CFL they they did such a great job with all the protocols and trying to keep everybody safe and getting the games in uh but I think everybody followed everything to a T and now we're just trying to move forward you know and uh we're really looking forward to having a full preseason I think uh yeah that, that it's uh it's an understated thing but it, there's a lot of development that happens in that and evaluation and I think uh, getting those two games in uh it's just going to put everybody that much further ahead for week one
1: well i didn't ask mueller this i'll ask you huff brushed on it a bit when he was here a couple weeks ago that not having a preseason last year hamstrung teams and particularly you guys because you were so young
3: yeah i mean uh of course teams like winnipeg should jump out on top of people they had the same team you know they had all their veteran guys they should jump out if we were you know you're never in a really a reloading phase but we did have some younger players and you know, from a special team standpoint, you know, in, that, in our first game, we had 11 on the field once. And it was because we couldn't find the guys on the sideline. That's a preseason issue that gets ironed out in preseason when you're alerting the next special team, that kind of thing. You know, we had a procedure penalty. Uh, we had some, you know, just these little things that uh, they're issues that get ironed out in preseason. And I thought we saw that for the first little bit. And it took us a while to get going. And then uh, we turned it around uh, midseason.
1: Man, you should do more interviews, Mark. That's that was a wonderful explanation (laughs) there. Yeah, no, no, for sure. Now, did you were you six and one to start? No, we were We're, in a hole. Oh, you were the other way around. Yeah, we were in a hole. And then Bo got hurt. And do you find if you
3: start slow, it's a tough hole to come out of? Yeah, I mean, especially in the West. I've been in the West my whole career, and it's uh, it's always a dogfight. I mean. Not that the East isn't. In the East this year, they're loaded. But, I mean, in the West, when you get behind those games early in the year, they're critical. They always show up later in the year when you're just battling for that playoff position, and each week is so big. If you win those games, you know, a few more games early, that always helps you on the back
1: end. Mm-hmm. What's cool about having you here is, as I watch the games, you're always – what I say within 10 feet of Dave Dickinson, it's, you're always on camera, very close. So it, it, is that yeah. And Dicky was that way with Jones? Is that a something with, with special teams coaches and head coaches or just happens to be that way?
3: Uh, I think that we have to stay on the same page. I mean, uh, you know, special teams coordinators, they observe the game like head coaches. They're always anticipating the next situation and what's coming up, and they, they kind of see it globally versus just waiting for offense or waiting for defense. But... Uh, you know, I need to. I, I've got. We, Dave and I have a great feel now, and, uh, but I, I can look at him and know what's coming up if he wants to go for it or what, what we're doing. So I think that's why we're kind of in close proximity. We're just trying to stay on the same page.
1: hmm. What did Rennie... <sighs> here's the thing with the CFL. We need to talk about these things in the offseason to remind ourselves where things are at is did Rennie retire? No, he's coming back. He
3: couldn't retire on that uh, playoff game. You know, that was a tough one for him, but he's too great of a player to let that define him. And uh, he's coming back and uh, Cody's back and we've got a good group of specialists and looking forward to it.
1: <laughs> i had mentioned that Lee Genier was here last week, 19 seasons with the Stampeders as VP of sales and marketing. So you know him pretty well. Yeah. And he was pumping your tires to me. And I said, Hey, Mark's coming down here next week. He said to say hey, um, and at he least. said that you that he goes. Mark's a grinder. Came up through Alberta football. Tell the viewers your story if you don't mind. Yeah, I don't mind at all. So um, I was coaching
3: high school football out in Cochrane from 2002 to 2005. We went undefeated. Those guys are still there. Rob McNabb, Bruce O'Neill, still crushing it out there. But uh, I was doing strength and conditioning. That's what I was. Mm-hmm. That's how what I was employed with. I was training the Colts. I was training the Dinos. Uh, hundreds of uh, Pee Wee Bantam high school kids. And uh, just how fate works out sometimes, uh, the new ownership group, Ted Hellard was a part of that. John Forzani was a part of that. Uh, and both of their kids played in Cochrane and I, I was coaching their kids. And I remember saying to Ted, I remember saying, Ted, you guys, there was a couple guys that were affiliated strength and conditioning with the Stamps at the time, but not a, a full-time strength coach. And I said, how do you have a pro team without a full-time strength coach? And I just was working them, finally gave me an opportunity to interview uh, I got hired as the strength coach uh, and then that season that was 2005 and I basically just followed Denny Crehan the defensive coordinator around it's a Denny like I'll do what, are, what do you need me to do I'll hold this bag I'll be the best damn bag holder that you got in your drills and uh and then that kind of that that was what I did in '05. and then that at the end of the year he said uh well about halfway through that season he said do you want to go up in the box chart calls do personnel I'm like yeah 100%. Then end of season, he offered me the quality control job, uh, defense quality control job the following year. I was still the strength coach. Did that for a year, uh, then progressed to the linebackers coach. Then we had a coaching change. I survived. I was the, the linebackers coach on Chris Jones' defensive staff. Uh, and then in 2010, so I did that for a couple of years. And then in 2010, when Craig left, Craig Dickinson left to go to the NFL, Huff asked me if I wa- was interested in applying for the special teams job at the time. And you know, in my mind, I was kind of hesitant because I wanted to be on the defensive coordinator track. That's kind of where I was going. But uh, looking back, it was the best thing I could have, uh, could have did. It, you know, I, I've kind of created a niche. And uh, good special teams coordinators, if you have one, all the good teams do. You know, you, you can lose games on special teams. And uh, it's just been, uh, that was 2010, and it's been, uh, been a hell of a ride ever since.
1: Well, it's funny. The viewers asked if Mark Mueller had designs on being a head coach, and Mark said every coach does. So that would apply to you too, obviously. Yeah, for
3: sure. I mean, I think every coach wants to progress, you know, whether they're, they're progressing in the role that they have and they're getting better at the stuff that they coach now, or, you know, their ambition, they have ambitions to take that, the, the next step. And, you know, I was fortunate to go through those head coaching interviews in 19. And then once you go through that stage, you're really in the mix in your mind. And it's hard to, to think without thinking about taking that step and then you go and you find yourself in situations where you're you're thinking well if I was the head coach how would I do that differently or uh, you know as you're going through the game situationally wise you know you're more aware of that thing those things you're heightened in that situation so you know I think uh, when that day comes I'm just going to continue to prepare to to take that step but uh, I've got a great job you know I'm the assistant head coach I'm the special teams guy Uh, we've got an outstanding group of players and uh, I know Mark touched on it, just some of the, the people that we've got to work with uh, on our staff over the years. I mean, you can go through a list of heavy hitters in the CFL or, or head coaches or former head coaches, and a lot of them have come through the Peters organization. So
1: It's funny you say that. Uh, where's the viewer has says, uh, Wayne wants to know, how does Calgary keep their coaching staffs? For so long, what's the secret?
3: Well, they promote from within, and I think that's Huff's, what Huff has done. And I think that you know you're starting to see that league-wide, uh, other teams kind of follow that model. You know, Craig Butler getting promoted in Hamilton, and you know when you when you develop a culture that can be successful, then you prom- and you promote from within, you maintain that continuity. And I think uh, continuity in a staff, especially when you have player turnover, which you're going to have every year, but even more as of late. Uh, That can really benefit you as a football team.
1: Yeah, no kidding. Well, it's funny when you so 2005 you started, and uh, we're gonna have. to. Are you okay to stay for another segment? Let's go. Okay, yeah, yeah, good. Let's go. So, Lee and I talk about this. Lee's working with us now, consulting Lee Genier, and we downright hated each other. You appreciate that? Yeah. You would want that, I would think. But we had a professional respect for each other. You know what I mean? Yeah. And I just wondered now where your biggest rivalry is you you already got that schedule in your mind for this year you said we play the elks five times yeah can't wait
3: <laughs> do you have the actual dates can you tell me the dates no no can't wait but uh you know there's uh when you've been around guys like bobby dice you know bobby dice ottawa special teams are always at the top always at the top uh you know you got Jeff Reinbold. Those guys are always physical matchups. That's what you know when, you, when you're going to play them, it's going to be a war. And that's, that's really what it is. And, you know, those long-time – Craig Dickinson has been a mentor for me, but they always have excellent special teams in SAS. So it's been uh, – you know, those are the guys that have been around for a while, and you always have to reinvent yourself a little bit when you play them.
1: Is there a special teams coordinator that keeps you up at night?
3: Uh, it's more returners that keep <laughs> me up at night. Like okay. a couple of years ago, Janarian Grant, you know, those, those – the but that's how you know they're good players. You know, the, the returners that make their teammates better, make the schemes better, those are the scary ones, and you want those on your team.
1: Uh, Jeff Kabilis in Winnipeg's watching. He says, yes, Huff did a great job with his coaching staff over the years. It's quite the tree. I remember the game in Winnipeg that Grant had two on you back. Yeah. And uh, I remember thinking it wasn't you that weren't, wasn't in your lane. Like, what happened? uh night. you know it's always it's never on special teams there's never one thing
3: you know there's 12 moving parts it's what kind of kick are we hitting you know that game they were just better than us I mean they played both of them one of them was a middle return they just clear us out at, at POA and hit it and then one was a pressure and they brought it all the way back to the field but they had
1: chopped us up and we didn't have uh, a good leverage at the point of it. was that Zach's first game I'm trying to remember the year it was late in the year was it not I mean, you're not thinking about uh, offense, probably. I thought that was Caleros one of his first or second games. I'm not. I sure. could go back and look. I mean, yeah. you're not focusing on that, but no. uh, with Grant, for sure. I'm trying to think of other special teams coaches when you're preparing for a game. I'm thinking, are you concerned about scheme, or he's just making it happen on his own? The returner.
3: Uh no. You, I mean, you know what their schemes are. I mean, that's what we do. We study that. We break it down. How can we try to take advantage of it? But when you got guys like Devonte Dedman who He's just dangerous. You know, yeah. he's dangerous. And we've had those guys too in the past. And, um, you know, Roy Finch was one of the scariest players to, to ever play for, for us. Like he, just, he would make the stuff that we did better. He made the players around him better. Sometimes he'd run the wrong way and still score. I mean, that's the type of guy he was. And uh, that's what's great about our league is that, you know, and I, I don't know if we were going to get to it or not, but I'm throwing it out there yeah. right now. All these, we're talking about all these rule changes, and everyone's so hyped on like how we can make it better. If we lose the special teams aspect of the CFL and the return game aspect of the CFL, we'll be, we'll be hurting. We're hurting the league that
1: way. Oh, we're going to have to talk about that in the next segment. I'm not sure we have time here. Um, it's a longer topic than we have time for. We've got three minutes, and I think we would go on longer. You'll remind me, won't you? You will. <laughs> yeah. Because I just got a call yesterday morning with regards to why the CFL is looking at four downs and Americanizing the rules. Do you know why? If yeah. you don't, I'll tell you yeah. in the break and tell then we'll me. carry it over. Let's do it. But back to the Edmonton thing with the five games. I was like, well, there must be preseason in there. And you said there is. Uh, we could have full stadiums for these games. Do you remember the day Hell when yeah. that happened? Oh yeah.
3: And AJ Gas ripping that guy's yeah. helmet off and throwing it down the field. That's what I'm saying. Those
1: are those. That's what's great about the CFL. Yeah. Well, you see, uh, you come from Saskatchewan, where all you see is green. You know, I've been telling Lee. I said, from the moment you wake up, and Mark Mueller can attest, all day, every day, it's Saskatchewan. All day, every day. Mm -hmm. And when times are good, it's a lot. When times aren't so great, it's almost unbearable. You know what I mean? So it's kind of refreshing to be out here, and I'm kind of looking around, going. Man, they really love the stamps out here. They really love the elks out here. But when you're in Saskatchewan, you don't see that, right? Because right. you're just, you're in your own forest. Right. So what I also love, Mark, is how many people here, and that alumni group is strong, Yeah. right? And Sheldon Napastik was down here, and we talk about that. They're all very closely paying attention to what's going on in Edmonton, right? <laughs> right. Just what's your take on what Jones is doing?
3: well uh first off i think the the president they hired victor is doing a tremendous yes job. i love that they connected the u of a to the elks as well i mean when i was at u of a we did play a game in commonwealth stadium uh and it was awesome so uh it i think that that connection is is big time i, I think jones is going to do what jones does i mean that's who he is he's he's one of those renegades of the cfl and he's there's a hundred of them in in this league and have been in this league and yep. uh it's going to be
1: some good games. Well, and that's the thing with the, the personnel, uh, with Duran and Manny Arsenault and all the guys that he's signing. You've seen Jones from the inside. You know how he operates. He wants to collect the most talent, and we'll figure it all out after. That's right. Right? You know, one of the things I learned from him, too, is he, he's very adaptable. I mean, you know, he's
3: got that stern, gruff appearance on the sideline, but one thing that I learned working for him was, uh, you know, we could work on something all week. But then he'll change the game plan in the locker
1: room before the game. You know, that, that, right.
3: yeah, just to, to be able to, to adapt on the fly.
1: So. Yeah, well, I've said to him, it's funny you say the gruff thing, and I'm kind of with Huff. I saw the other side of Huff here the other day. But I've said to Jones, why don't you show people this side? Right. I don't want to. <laughs> now it's your life, fine, right. but you might, people might like you a little more right. if they saw that side of you, but that's his deal. Right. So we'll talk about CFL. Rules and more when we come back. This is fun. It's a football Friday. We're live from Gray Eagle Resort and Casino. You're watching on Game Plus Television, YouTube Live, and 24-Hour Sports Radio at rodpeterson.com.
0: Head to youtube.com slash the Rod Peterson Show now. You gotta subscribe. Click the subscribe button for all the content you may have missed. Made back and kicking it let's head back to the studio here's rob
1: all right welcome back everybody it's the rp show it is a football friday hour two as always is brought to you by great western original 16 beer the best beer in the game And also, we want to remind you, coming to Calgary, March 14th to the 16th, it's the BCLA Basketball Champions League of America's tournament right here at Winsport Arena. The CEBL champion Edmonton Stingers taking on the best of the BCLA. You can get your tickets at cebl.ca. Now the official league website, cebl.ca. We're excited to partner with them. Can't wait to see you there. All right. Mark Killam is with us, special teams coordinator of the Calgary Stampeders. And when you brought up the rules, whoop, Everybody perked up in the chat. They Maybe, wanted... maybe I shouldn't have brought them. <laughs> uh, no, because they love the game. Yeah. Right? And um, I'm just going through the, the viewers. Don Mitchell, our Navy friend, says, I cannot wait to hear the reasoning behind going to four downs. I'll get to that in a minute. Mike Blackbird's watching in Toronto. Huge CFL fan. He says, we need more doubleheaders with U sports. Those are the fans we need to get, make the fan base younger. You're nodding your head now. So the Elks are going to do that with the Bears. Uh, what did you think about that?
3: I thought it was great. I think it's, uh, you know, gets it's exposing fans uh, to to another whole element that they might not go to and they might not see. Uh, I think it's going to generate a ton of revenue because you got the stadium open the whole time, so you're serving food, serving drinks, Uh, and for the U Sports guy, I'm a U Sports guy. I think that's so cool. You just get to play. Uh, You you could do something with your team where you get a section and you go to the, the go there after the game. I mean, I remember. Uh, when way back when the Vanier Cup was tied to the Grey Cup, and we're it was both, awesome. Yeah, we were both practicing in Sky Dome, and it was. I was like, this is super cool, and I think it's great for Canadian football.
1: 2011 Grey Cup, there was I think 35,000 people in BC Place for the Vanier Cup, which was the Friday night. Yeah. I went to it because I was there. Yeah. You know, and I don't know why we went away from it or split it, but <clears throat> hopefully we get it back. I will say this about the four down thing from a conversation I had the other day: the XFL partnering up with the NFL. And that's very similar to the NHL and the American Hockey League partnership. If you follow that at all, Mark, I don't know how much of a hockey fan you are, but it's, they try out new rules in the AHL, right? And they, that's what this association is supposed to be, NFL, XFL. And what I heard was the CFL still wants to be seen as a developmental league in a way for the NFL. And going to four, ga- four downs would better prepare players for the next level if that's the NFL listen when randy Ambrosi throws that out at the Grey cup you think he just said it willy-nilly there had to have been a reason right yeah i
3: mean first of all i'm gonna set us this is way above my pay grade these rules conversations uh, with the decision makers of the league but i'm a traditionalist and i don't think i don't want to be a developmental league for anybody i know players come up here and that's the mindset you know you want to you want to have an opportunity you want to make some money and then you know get an opportunity in the nfl but uh i just think four downs as a, especially as a special teams guy i mean we're losing it's not going to be as fast paced as it is you know you're losing special teams plays i think the nfl special teams are boring truthfully they're super well, they boring. absolutely are boring yeah. 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 i mean the, the game has gotten better in the nfl but that's because they copied everything that was happening in the cfl and I, I think that we need to give ourselves more credit uh we're always in the shadow
1: of everything in the united states and uh i think that we should stand strong well the Again, just to explain that, it was, to, it was a developmental idea with regards to the NFL. That's what I was told. That's why Ambrosi threw it out. It's at least being talked about. But as we said in the break, you couldn't do it this year. It's far too late. And they may never do it. But I feel like if they feel like they need to do it, they will do it. But, I mean, with these kickoffs in the NFL, how would you change it? Because uh, it is boring.
3: Yeah, I mean... You could move it up, uh, you know, we, we can't kick we're, every ball is returned in the CFL. So it's not like if we moved it up, we're, we're getting touchbacks. That's not what is happening. You know what I mean? Unless everyone's crushing it through the end zone, but that's, there's one guy in the league that can do that. That's it. So, um, you know, I don't know you could tweak some things, but like I said, uh, in the previous segment, I, I really think the return game is one of the best parts of the CFL. It's exciting. It's wide open. It's a, it's an, another avenue for undersized returners and guys like that that wouldn't even have an opportunity in the NFL to come out here and be stars. Mm-hmm. And I think uh,
1: I just don't want to lose that part of the CFL. Well, you mentioned coaching high school football in Cochrane. What are kids growing up and playing in this province? Three down, four down? It's all three down football here. Yeah, it's all three
3: down football. And it's all, we don't have a lot of, you know, I know, like, in Saskatchewan, there's, like, six men or whatever, nine men or whatever it is. All of it. Yeah, <laughs> everything. Uh, yeah. My experience, that I, I grew up in Lethbridge and then played university football at U of A, but it's always been, you know, this is what we play. We play up mm-hmm. football. This is what it is.
1: Uh, from the viewers, Darren Workman is watching in Salt Lake City. He says, the CFL has seemed to be very adverse when it comes to rule changes. To grow the game, the rule changes need to take place at the lower levels of Canadian football like high school. But Mark's saying nothing needs to be changed if I got you right. Yeah, well, uh, I, I mean, you always want to, what can we do better? That's what coaches do. We, what, are, what are we
3: doing better? Can we coach better? Can we tweak the rules? And the rules have totally changed in the CFL. As the time I've been a special teams coordinator, we've changed how you have to protect on the LOS. You can't punt the ball out of bounds. All those things have changed, which have changed the game. You're, you're doing working different protections. Your block of five guard tackles, long snapper can't go till the ball's punted. Lots of things have changed, and those have been great, and we've adapted and evolved, and that's not what I'm saying. I just don't want to lose. Uh, I, I want to evolve the game, but I don't want to be NFL 2.0, NFL light or whatever you want to call it. That's not, my, that's
1: not what I'm saying. <laughs> oh, I get it. I I don't know where we're going. That's the scary part with this league. Uh, Don, the Navy friend of ours, says, what is wrong with the CFL embracing what it is? We're the number one Canadian league in the world. Own it and promote it. I agree. That's what we're doing today, but we need more people doing it. That's all. Jeff, the Stamps fan watching, wants to know, what is Mark's most memorable special teams play? Uh, Terry Williams, punt return. He just said that. (laughs) He said, uh, great Cup." 2018.
3: Yeah, there's no doubt. I mean, we had a force fumble on, in that game too. Riley Jones force fumble. Uh, Winton McManus uh, hit was that was just a tremendous game. And here's the side backstory on that one. In 14, we were totally overshadowed by the the flag on uh, Speedy B. Right. So we won the Grey Cup. I felt like throwing up for about an hour and a half after the game because I thought that we had lost the game. It was a penalty. There's about three on the same play, but. I carried that all the way until 2018, and the 2018 our special teams were tremendous in that game, and it was a big part of why we won. And that was a big, big
1: moment. Yeah, that it's interesting the speedy B play. Yeah, let's just go back to that for a let's second. Go, let's yeah, go back well, because Tillman, very good friend of mine, Kent Austin too. Yeah, Kent had a hundred thousand dollar bonus in his contract to win a great. Oh, so okay. that's what that flag cost Kent. Right. And Tillman, I said, was it blocking in the back, Eric? He said, Well, yeah, but all game long, they were letting it go, and then they call it here. Yeah. That was their side. Were they right? They were. They, it, see, uh, here's the backstory
3: on that one. So, <laughs> all season long, that's what they did. Speedy B was a field return guy. So, they, there's a lot of questionable back corner blocks the whole season. I made a cut up, a uh, gray cup week. I sent it to the officials on day one and said, This is what they do. You're going to either call it or not. They didn't call it until that play. Obviously, it was the play that changed the game, but there was about three in the backs on that play, so Hamilton, that's just what it was.
1: In the one play alone, let yes. alone all game long. Yes. Wow. <clears throat> My mind's racing there, because basically, Tillman was right in what he said. they have been letting it go all right, game, and then right. they called it on this. Right. That's a tough one. That's... Yeah, but they didn't know it was going to be a
3: touchdown. He'd got the corner. That's when the flag came out. You know, hopefully... We could have made
1: the tackle. We lost the edge anyway. So, but that's what it was. You guys have been in so many great cups that literally never gets old, does it?
3: Yeah, I've been to six. Yeah, uh, won three of them. I mean, it's. Uh, I think it's different every year, Rod. Too. You know what I mean? That's a different group of guys. Of it's a different feel. Uh, you know, we're just trying to get back there, though. We have got to knock Winnipeg <laughs> off.
1: Oh, I know. Well, in my mind, I'm flashing, I'm thinking 2017. Because over the years, there's another guy, uh, uh, he was a media guy, but he, he would go to Grey Cups, do his thing, and then fly home on the Saturday not stay for the game. So I started doing that because I thought that makes a lot of sense. The airport's dead on Saturday. I watch the game on TV. If my team's not in it, uh, what do I need to be there for? But the 2017 Grey Cup wouldn't be that memorable for you, but it was awesome. On television, the, Auto, the Toronto-Calgary yeah. game in Ottawa when snow comes down mark now my now my mind's funny. do you what do you think when you look at conditions on a yes. morning of a gray cup game yeah. like that
3: oh I, i'm checking the weather the wind i always yeah. do we don't make a big deal about it but i want to know what adjustments i'm going to make you know and you know it's different you call different returns you know as a tackler you're you know you're not breaking down as much you're really just shooting because you just can't you don't have enough move the field's too slippery to move but that 2017 one Ooh, that was a tough one. I wanted to retire from football after that one. That was a tough loss. Uh, we were the best team the entire season, and we went into that game. at Two 100-yard plays against, you know, that, that in itself, uh, <laughs> that one was tough. I slept in my clothes, I remember. I just was so devastated
1: after that game. That was a tough one. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah. It made
3: 2018 that much better. Made it that
1: much better. So. Well, speaking of icy tracks, that was ridiculous <laughs> up there in Edmonton. <laughs> yeah.
3: Not even in the same. You, you had more traction on that snowy, blizzardy field, obviously, than that one in Edmonton. It was crazy. I remember on the we, we only practiced there once on day three. And I said to the guys, the grounds crew people, like I walked through what was going on and I went and found them. And I said, You guys, you guys need to do something about that. Because <laughs> it's treacherous. And it was. But I mean, both teams had to play on it. That's what it was. And What gave you the edge in Edmonton, do you think? Uh, from a special team standpoint. Yeah. Uh, As a team. Cause you yeah. won. I think that we, we had carried, we had been there the previous two seasons. And I think that, you know, we just carried it. I, I think maybe we just went about it different, we stayed outside of downtown. We stayed in the South end of Edmonton, which was different. You know, normally you're downtown right in the mix where everything's going mm-hmm. on. We were outside of it. Um, it just had a different feel to it. Uh, actually, the staff was super sick. Our staff was super sick all week. Just, nowadays we would have been all quarantined but exactly. yeah we were all everyone was back so then sick. they called it the flu <laughs> yeah we were so yeah. sick just trying to get through it and it was just a different feeling obviously it was a
1: great win i gotta say this so i was saying we talked about the rivalry back of the day stamps riders which i would hope we're all getting over but you still maybe it's no rod versus the stamps because you still have a rivalry with the riders right because there's nothing you guys like better if i'm correct than going in there and winning like nothing actually i love winning when we're here against
3: the riders because half the stadiums from saskatchewan right so that's always it's always good to see them walk out sad it sucks (laughs) if you lose though because then you don't all you hear is all is it better than winning there actually winning there is pretty good too making plays there is good because like we've we've had some some good games out there and you know you can try to quiet that crowd down
1: early is always a good thing Okay, well, I want to get to a comment from Jack in a minute, but first, uh, so the Grey Cup this year in Saskatchewan, is that something you have in your back of the mind from day one of training camp or even now, or you are a one-day-at-a-time process guy?
3: Yeah, I mean, every team in the CFL, that's their goal, but it's not what you, you can't focus on. Now, no. Yeah, it's like standing at the bottom of Mount Everest and saying, that's what I'm thinking about. You'll fall into this crevice and die right here. You know what I mean? It's just, there's such a huge process that goes on throughout the season. And it, every year is different. Yeah, we've got a bunch of guys coming back. We signed our guys, but it's still a different season and it'll have a different feel. And it's how can we improve this week and we'll, you know, we're focusing on what we do and hopefully we do enough good things to take
1: this. Yeah. Life. Well, don't you feel like every year we're sitting there talking about a tough West division and great team. That's like right. every year. That's right. That's the West. Molded through fire. That's how we, that's how we are out here. It's good. Yeah, well, four games against against Edmonton seems like a lot. Of course, last year was was truncated um man you got me thinking about i can't wait to go back and forth between these games i think it's going to be big crowds yeah i do too i really do what's next on your calendar
3: uh we got the draft coming up so that's in a couple weeks so our our staff is is pretty heavily involved in the scouting like we have a scouting department but we kind of do it as a as a group effort we always have and it's uh, you know we feel like the sum of all of us is is greater so that's kind of how we do it and uh so we've been involved in the draft so we'll head out to toronto and the regional combines are starting in the next couple weeks so uh that's that's what we're looking at right now well i
1: should get your take on the hand size controversy with uh, kenny pickett i think
3: it's ridiculous i think it's ridiculous joe burrow's hands are small but dude's a winner can the guy win measure his heart that's what you should measure but you can't (laughs) yeah his leadership you know his proven track record i think that that's a stat that's not. I don't see the relevance in that.
1: One. No. Well, how are you with all the other measurables—bench press reps and verticals and stuff like that?
3: Yeah, I think uh, you know a base level of athleticism. You should see that, and it, it's probably more applicable to some positions than quarterback.
1: But uh, quarterback—if the guy's a winner—you always got to chance. And from Jack, he says, "Love everything about Coach Kellum. Great dad, great coach, great human being. Tell me about your family." Yeah. So both my kilt, uh, both my kids were born here in Calgary.
3: So I've got two daughters, thirteen and ten, and. They got uh, basketball playoffs this weekend, so I'm going to catch those games tomorrow. That's going to be exciting, but... uh We're a big mountain family. We love to ski and snowboard, and that's one of the best parts about living
1: in You're in the perfect spot. That's right. All right, Coach. Thanks to both of you for coming down. Thank you so much. Let's do it again if you don't mind. Anytime. All right. When we come back, we're going to preview a big NLL weekend. We've got overtime as well. We'll talk about the betregal.ca game of the weekend, all kinds of stuff going on. It's a football Friday live from Grey Gill Resort and Casino on Game Plus Television. YouTube Live, and if you missed the show, catch it on your favorite podcast platform, including Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, and Spotify.
0: Head to YouTube.com slash The Rod Peterson Show now. You gotta subscribe. Click the subscribe button for all the content you may have missed. Oh yeah, he's back. Time for more of the Rod Peterson Show.
1: All right, welcome back, everybody. Sorry, I got stuff flying everywhere. <clears throat> I just had to get the obligatory photo with the the two marks. And uh, I didn't hear uh, you, Clark. Did you say that Stephen's ready? All right, all right. Big NLL weekend, and we appreciate Stephen Stamp joining us. Lacrosse Insider uh, joining us to preview it. And hey, man, last weekend, Stephen, you nailed it. Of all those big games, you said the game of the weekend was the one at Sastel Center between the Rush and uh, the Colorado Mammoth. I was there, I went to overtime. Did you get a chance, to, and it was on TSN, did you get a chance to watch much of that?
2: Yeah, I watched the whole thing. It was uh, It was quite a game. Honestly, I mean, Colorado... Probably kind of lucky to be in, in it and get to overtime, right? I mean, they, uh, they give up uh, Saskatchewan, gets 72 shots, Dylan Ward with 62 saves. He was amazing. Um, I thought the rush played really well and such a critical win for them that uh, it's, they're, they're fortunate to have come out of it as well. But uh, Robert Church, right, with his five goals, including that overtime winner, what a, uh, what a player.
1: Uh, Yeah, and Eric Penny, I think it was 37 saves he made in his rush debut. Do you think that uh, he will not relinquish the crease the rest of the way for Saskatchewan, or is it a a one-game-at-a-time thing, do you think, for them?
2: It's a tough one. I mean, it's always kind of one game at a time, but... On the other hand, I mean, I, I had uh, Chris Corbeil on the Crosslink this week, and he talked about, hey, you know, we were treating that as a playoff game. They can't afford to lose games uh, having lost six already. So you kind of need to run with them, I think. I know they have confidence and shoot, but the, the reality is Penny came in, played very well. He played great for Philadelphia in his other start. I think you've got to ride him, um, certainly for now, and hope to get a few more wins. Uh, You know, a few more wins in the tank, especially are you going to play in San Diego and things? I've got some. I know PCLC coming up, but uh, there's some big games coming up for them, and I think you've got to go with with the guy that you just brought in to do that job.
1: I will say just one funny story. I was uh, enjoying the game from a luxury suite with Paul Druen and his staff at IKS. They're the crew that put the brand new scoreboard in Sastel Center, and they—I think it was the third quarter, Stephen. They over the public address system, welcome to Eric Penny. It's like, hey, Rush Nation, give a big welcome to Eric Penny. And I thought, well, the least he could do is give a wave. And he just leaned on the crossbar like this. And I'm like, he, at least he could wave. And somebody said, well, he's he's focused, Rod. He's not listening to the public address. And I'm thinking, that's probably it. And I think that's the reason I'm sitting here behind a microphone because I was always guilty <laughs> looking in the crowd or listening. You know what I mean? But it was a fantastic game. And I was You know, for all these teams, have you noticed a switch in urgency, Stephen? Just for the rush, because they're my team, they went from there's still time to must win game time. You know, just like that. Is there other teams in that situation?
2: Yeah. I mean, it's funny. You look at the, the West and there's a certain amount of that, but you look at the East and it gets really interesting, right? Because there's so many teams battling for four guaranteed spots. And you think, okay, well, there 's still time to make it there 's a big pack in the middle, but I look at like somebody like Albany who just had a huge win over San Diego, and they have a juggernaut of a lineup coming up um, of, in terms of who they're playing. They have some really tough games, and you know you can 't afford to go and lose two or three games um, you know and especially I think one of the big things that is really pushing that this year is. You know, There's hardly any crossover games. Every team is only playing either two or three games against the other division. Other than that, it's all within the division. And that just gives extra importance to every game that you play because you lose a game. You're not just losing that game. You're giving the other team that you're battling for a playoff spot with a win.
1: Stamper, you knew that I was going to ask your featured game of the weekend. And for our viewers... All over North America, watching on Game Plus and YouTube. These are the weekend games in the NLL. Tonight, Rochester at Georgia. Calgary Roughnecks are at San Diego. Saturday, Vancouver's at Halifax. New York Riptide at the Toronto Rock. Buffalo at Albany. And Saskatchewan at Panther City, which is Fort Worth. There's a nugget in there for you, eh, Stamper? Tell us which one.
2: I mean you know the one that kind of stands out to me and it might be a little strange when you look at the records but the riptide going to toronto to hamilton for a rematch with the rock after beating them last week it was new york's first home win uh it's a huge win to get a win over a contending team and you know they're gonna go back in i'm very curious to see does nick rose turn it around i mean goalies will have bad games nick rose had a big bad game he gave up more goals than he made saves. That's going to happen once in a while. I don't think that will happen again. So New York can't win that way. They're going to have to come in and do something a little different, play a little better than they did even in the win. But do they have more confidence having pulled out that win? Because, you know, they've lost three overtime games. They've been so close so many times and let it slip away. Does getting that one, does that push them over the edge? Because they're not far off, um, for the most part, being competitive.
1: How has the move from Toronto to Hamilton gone for the Toronto Rock in terms of attendance and the fact that they've still kept the name? You're in Ontario, so you'd be closer to it than me. How's that move gone?
2: Well, I mean, I think the move from how they've handled it has gone fine. They couldn't have fans for some of the games, so the attendance was was zero, right? (laughs) So I think uh, that's a tough way to go into a new arena is to to not be able to have fans, I called one game down there with Brian Shanahan. we were down and it's it's pretty strange when you don't have fans there, so we're just opening up now in Ontario, so I think we're going to know a lot better coming forward because this is the first time they can really start to put some people in there, so we'll see how uh, how that works with Ontario changing a lot of regulations
1: I got to ask you this uh, you know we're looking ahead with the NLL and the the sport of lacrosse in general. How do you think? the uh addition of the las vegas market is going to impact the nll
2: I, I think i mean people are really excited about it right there's been a lot of enthusiasm i think uh i don't know how much difference it makes now in terms of the the alignment with sports betting and how common places has become I, I don't know if las vegas is as much of an impact as it used to be in sports right because there were always questions about can you have a, a team in a in Las Vegas where they have legalized betting with all the concerns that people used to have about about aligning sports betting or gambling with with uh, leagues so I think maybe less of a broad impact but it seems like a pretty a pretty happening market folks are excited how players are excited um and you know I think it's going to be really interesting to see like how how do they take off and then where do we go next what's the next team right it's got to be out west I would think. Because you've got, you know, you want to keep balancing off the divisions. But to me, the interesting thing, like Las Vegas, we all knew was coming, I think, ahead of time. We all heard, hey, Las Vegas is going to be here. Here's kind of how it's going to happen. I have not heard a lot lately about exactly where it's going to go. I've heard bits and pieces here and there. I don't see anything as solid as what we'd heard about some of the previous expansions coming. And I don't think it's going to happen in the next year. I think we might be waiting for the season after this.
1: Interesting. Well, the ownership uh can't hurt Wayne Gretzky Dustin Johnson right. of course and Steve Nash in Las Vegas so mm-hmm. if I could throw some markets out I'd like to see a team in South Florida I think it would go over huge there I think it would go over huge in Phoenix and Winnipeg I think uh they keep talking about it every day they would love it um so the, mm-hmm. the good news is people want the, the 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 league's growing the sport is growing and it's it's good what's uh, anything else stamper before we let you go for the week.
2: Uh, no, I think the uh, the big thing is that we're we're past the halfway mark, right? We turned the corner. The halfway mark was on this past weekend, which, like you said, just ramps up the intensity for everybody. And to me, it's going to be so interesting watching some of the teams that started slowly to see if they can start to turn around and keep coming. I mean, Saskatchewan being a prime example, right, where they they lost a bunch of games early on that normally they wouldn't lose and maybe they've turned the corner. How tight are the standings going to get? especially in the west because you've got san diego and colorado have come out and can they maintain the starts that they had vancouver coming to earth a little bit right but uh, it's, it's fascinating to see as we go into the second half and uh, i think the intensity just ramps up week by week
1: games have been awesome stamper thanks so much i appreciate this man enjoy the games this weekend
2: thanks a lot you too
1: when we come back overtime here from gray eagle as we'll wrap up another week and. Uh, we will give you the opportunity to win some wonderful swag, as they like to say, merchandise from our exclusive betting partner, BetRegal, as we look forward to this weekend's games. You're watching a Football Friday here on the RP Show from Gray Eagle Resort and Casino, Calgary's entertainment destination, on Game Plus Television, live streaming on YouTube, and 24-hour sports radio at rodpeterson.com.
0: Have you subscribed to the Rod Peterson Show YouTube channel yet? Head to youtube.com slash the Rod Peterson Show now. You got something to say? You want to add to the show? What are you waiting for? Don't just sit there. Say something. Now, back to the studio with Rod.
1: All right, welcome back, everybody. And uh, it is overtime, proudly brought to you by the Four Seasons Sports Palace, your home for the UFC and the National Hockey League. And I told you that we would give you an opportunity to win some merchandise from our exclusive betting partner, betregal.ca. And uh, here's how we're going to do it every weekend, we preview the weekend by talking about our game of the weekend. And we didn't put up a poll question today. I may still, I may still. People can still vote on it, even though we're off the air. Clark had, this was his suggestion, what's the NHL game of the weekend? And he's got pens, canes tonight, Saturday, Canucks, Leafs, or Flames, Avs, or Sunday, Stars, Wild. And uh, But I'm not going with that only because I can tell you right now, a lot of our viewers would say it's Oilers-Canadians Saturday night. So let's let Clark, everybody, weigh in on the games this weekend. And here's how you can win with Bet Regal. Pick your game of the weekend, and then pick the winner. Which is what we've been doing anyways the last couple of weekends. Who was the guy? The guy was, was it last weekend or two weekends ago, Clark, from Edmonton? Paquette? What was that guy's name? Adam? I think it was Adam Paquette. Anyways, from Edmonton. Picked the game, won, and we're sending him out a Bet Regal Prize swag bag, which you've seen me wear some of the gear. Uh, on the program, the bunny hugs, hoodies, Daryl Pocket. right, Daryl Pockett, thank you. He picked, I think it was, yeah, it was orders Jets. He picked the orders to win, and they did. So you pick, and you can go by tonight's games if you want. There are seven NHL games tonight. As Clark pointed out, Penguins, Hurricanes, and that should be a doozy. Uh, New Jersey Devils at New York Rangers. Detroit at Tampa Bay tonight. L.A. Kings at Columbus. Minnesota at Buffalo. Dallas Stars at Winnipeg, and the Vegas Golden Knights at Anaheim. I'm going to pick, because, my, because I'm such a squirrel, I've got to go with tonight's games. I'll take Dallas Stars at Winnipeg. That's my featured game for BetRegal.ca, and I'm going to take the Jets to win tonight. But I feel like if we did more hockey talk on the program today, we could have sat here and debated Kevin Dayoff's comments about that he, f- we like our group, well of course they do. He's not he's not lying. Of course he put them together. Of course he likes their group. They can't win. I'm sorry. They could win, they can't anymore. I I, I feel that it's over and I feel that that's why now now I finally I'm here alone after uh, shuffling a lot of guests through here today. Um that's why teams hire consultants to have somebody look at the team from 50,000 feet up. Because you don't see your own team for what it is. I think that the Jets are going through that with day off. I think the orders are going through that with Ken Holland and the goaltending situation. They come out yesterday and say, your goaltending's good enough? Nah. No, it's not. Randy from the Peg writes in and says, another great week, RP crew. Enjoy the weekend. So I got Dallas-Winnipeg, but... Just to be morbid, as we look at the sports on tap for the tap, brew house, and liquor store, how about the fact that the Blue Jays were supposed to play the Pittsburgh Pirates today? Cancelled. The Raptors are taking on the Orlando Magic tonight, the bottom-feeding Orlando Magic. That's not my feature game, so I'm not going to pick a winner in it. You can, by the way, bet on junior hockey games and national lacrosse league games at betregal.ca you can and so we had our call with betregal this week we do it every week and they said yeah by all means if you want promote those games because you can bet at betregal.ca so i mentioned tonight's games in the nll rochester at georgia calgary roughnecks are at san diego In the Western Hockey League tonight, the Regina Pats are home to the Red Deer Rebels, and that's why Moose is not here today. He's on his way home to the Queen City to broadcast that game tonight. The Pats and the Red Deer Rebels on Access Now Television. Also tonight, the Moose Jaw Warriors are home to the Prince Albert Raiders. Sorry for our Eastern Canadian viewers, but we are a Western-based show, so we're going to preview Winnipeg at Saskatoon tonight. The Calgary Hitman are at Edmonton. I'll say it again. You can bet on all these games. Calgary Hitman at Edmonton Oil Kings tonight. And then tomorrow, 2 p.m. in the Saddledome, it's the Hitman and the Oil Kings again. Return engagement. I'm going to that one. It is a uh, Bret Hart day or something like that. It's Hitman day. That? I know. So I'm going to be there watching that rather than going to Lethbridge. Uh, but I'll continue. Lethbridge is at Brandon tonight. Spokane at Prince George. Seattle at Tri-City. Spokane at... Yeah, I had that twice. And Kamloops of Vancouver. And the Briar gets rolling tonight. Can you bet on the Briar? Can somebody tell me? Do you know Clark? I'm not sure. I'm sure you can somewhere, yeah? Well, of course, Vegas was very big with the trials down there. So anyways, draw one goes tonight. New Brunswick, Grattan versus Team Wildcard 2, Matt Dunstone. I think I'm going to sit home and watch curling tonight. I just became my mom saskatchewan versus alberta ontario versus canada newfoundland versus yukon and uh, i missed the deadline to apply for media accreditation for the briar and although i did pay to go to the flames game last night i'm not going to drive two and a half hours and buy a ticket to go to the briar so anyways i'll watch on television a lot of hockey ahead thanks to the two marks from the stamps today mark killam and mark Mueller, daniela ponticelli to preview the Huskies and the Cougars. We appreciate that. We'll see you back here noon Eastern on Monday on the RP Show on Game Plus TV.
0: You like me to shut up? He wants me to talk. How about that? For more Rod Peterson on demand, visit rodpeterson.com. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app.